squad, this is Easy E coming at you to say that if you've ever had a desire to kick ass, then head on over to Draper Kenpo. Black Belt Master Gator Conley will teach you how to chomp on the competition. At Draper Kenpo, a student learns self-respect, discipline, agility, and most importantly, how to kick that ass. Call or text for information at 801-810-5772. That number again is 801-810-5772. Now, karate chop your way to Draper Kenpo at 720 East and 10,600 South in Sandy. Hi-ya! Squad out. All right, everybody, we got a new underwhelming name in the National Football League. We might have a couple new owners in the National Football League. And we're back in a new, we'll call it studio, it's the practice squad. I am your currently concussed host, Joe Wild, and I'm joined by Easy E, taking it easy in the new abode. We celebrated our country's birth and we moved locations, so it's been a wild couple of weeks. Well, the good news is nothing big has happened in that time. Uh, let's see. If you're a fan of Washington, I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way now because one of us is going to slip up and say it anyway. If you were a fan of the Washington Redskins, I hope you like the new name of your team, the Washington football team. Yeah, it turns out not being prepared to change your racial slur of a football name uh, is, is bad because you let somebody else go in and buy up the copyrights to all potential uh options for your new name change they're gonna have to pay millions of dollars to this guy who owns all the intellectual copyrights for their potential new nickname yeah this one guy in virginia went out and last i saw has uh purchased the copyright for 44 different names yeah like the washington warriors the washington senators the washington patriots it's along those lines like national state uh, national capital kind of things <laughs> Uh, good for him. Hope it pans out well for him. Uh, I know there's a guy that did try to do the same thing to Ford a few years ago. Some guy bought the copyright name for GT40 after Ford accidentally let it, la- let it lapse. And Ford just decided to let him keep it because they didn't want to pay him like whatever amount of money he demanded they give him. <laughs> so there's some random guy who just owns the copyright for Ford GT40. And that's how it is. He'll own it until Ford ever wants to rebrand it and reintroduce it like they do with the Bronco. Now... With the Washington football team, like it's obviously better than having a literal slur as your name, but it is the most uninspired sounding thing to say. So their new uniforms, uh, instead of having the seal with the Native American man's face on it, the kind of stereotype one, now it's going to have the player's number on the side of the helmet, which I do like. It's kind of a cool college high school throwback. And then it's just going to say Washington on the front of it. And all I could think was they should have just, like, gone full generic with it and just had, like, a white uniform with, like, a barcode no, they could or have a the... QR code, something you have to scan to find out who the player is. <laughs> I was thinking that, or they could do the, the Kirkland uniform, you know, like the off-brand, or like the Great Value uniform. I mean, they pretty much are. They've been a Great Value franchise Ever since the first owner we'll talk about, Dan Snyder purchased them in 2000, or 1999. One of the two. Either way, uh, Dan Snyder has, since taking ownership of the team, been... Uh, well, there's no really other way to say it other than in the top five worst owners in the league consistently. Top two worst owners in sports. 
Um, of course, we all know the biggest news, uh, at least at first, was the changing of the name. Finally, people have been calling for it for years. Um, they're like the last... It's interesting that a professional sports team was one of the last ones to change. Because if you go back and look at some of the former names that college football teams had, um, like St. John's University, for example, do you know what they used to be? Yeah, the Redmen. The Redmen, yeah. And, you know, you get some of these ones where it's just like they... A lot of people have changed, and a lot of them have changed, you know, up through the 80s and 90s. But for whatever reason, Washington took until 2020 <laughs> because Dan Snyder was too stubborn. Oh, yeah. Too stubborn, too misogynistic, too short-sighted, and now he's paying the price for it. Well, yeah. And the misogynistic part you mentioned there, that, uh, that was made clear a few days after announcing the name change when it was announced uh, 15 women came forward and said that there have been uh, sexual assault and sexual harassment that have occurred within the Washington facilities, within the Washington offices hierarchy. Uh, and most likely, it's more than 15. Because, I mean, there's... I've read through some of the stories that some of the former cheerleaders have of them being... Used as almost escorts. Yeah, I was going to say, for lack of a better word, pimped out. Yeah. I mean, they were. Like, they were They were sold. Like, there was this one particular incident that I read about where during a game, a unnamed suite owner, uh, like, they brought in the cheerleaders during the game and, like, paraded them in front of them and let them, like, pick out which ones were going to come on a cruise with him. That's... Like... Yeah. So you talk about getting traffic too. I mean, that that's that's not human trafficking, but that is very much as we often say trafficking adjacent. I mean, God, because it, it, I mean it's different if they're like, yeah, sign me up, I'll do this. It's totally different when they're like, oh, I didn't know this was part of my job. Do I really have to do this? And yeah. that's where it gets real, real dark. Real well, fast. and then it becomes like keep your job or do this and it's yeah or you have to keep your job to you have to do this to keep your job is mm -hmm. what i was trying to get at it gets into quid pro quo which is you scratch my back i don't fire you i don't fire you and then there's also retaliation where it's like no i won't do this it's like oh really you won't do this huh well guess who's cleaning the vomit in the stands i also saw and while we're on the topic of uh, dan snyder um he is a billionaire Owns a football team, so I mean that kind of goes with the territory. I saw a post on Twitter where a fan trick or treated to his house. He got his kid got two fun size Snickers. Man's a billionaire, not even giving out full size candy bars. And I know that's definitely not the worst thing, but that should, for whatever reason, it helps puts it in perspective for me. Well, there's not only that; he also enabled Bruce Allen to be an alcoholic from what I understand of the situation he was the team's president at the time and on top of that the president and vice president of employee personnel for the Washington football organization uh, also enabled predatory practices uh, sexual deviancy uh, there was a certain stairwell that women were would tell other women that worked in the organization to avoid 
Yeah. Because of its... I read that, too. ...bad reputation. And all in all, it seems like Dan Snyder made his money too young without learning how to run an organization effectively. And a lot of his uh, frat tendencies that he had while he was young have stuck with him into his uh, middle age. I mean, unchecked money, you know, that's what happens. Yeah, it, it is exactly what happens. And, I mean, hopefully uh, the name change is just the start of a new organizational overall. Ron Rivera has his work cut out for him to change oh. the reputation of this organization. And we got to assume that the owners are going to vote and force a sale. I would hope so. I mean, the minority owners have been trying to do that forever, and there are... Well, recently, a couple minority owners have been trying to sell their stake in the team, and Dan Snyder has created such an awful environment there that they have not been able to sell them. And let's put that in perspective. There's only 32 of these teams in the entire world. There's only 32 of them. You put in perspective, like... The How other many? 31 would have no trouble selling this. Not even the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's in Jacksonville. No, I mean, seriously, though, the other 31 teams would not, their minority owners would not be struggling with this issue. They would, if you put your, if you put your, uh, your stake up for sale, that's gone. Yeah. You, you've done it. In Washington, everybody's looking at that like, ugh, I'll wait for, I'll wait for something to open up in Cleveland. You know, that's what they're looking at. I'll wait, I'll wait for something to open up with the Chargers. Go we over there yeah just that's yeah yeah and it's really impressive to just understand the depth of the trouble they're in because nike is refusing to sell products that had the old team name on them and and that's that's a huge huge sunk cost that's people losing tons of money yeah well and it's like one you know that as soon as the name change was announced there was a ton of people that just immediately tried to buy up any of that old gear they could you know that happened and Nike basically said, yeah, we're taking the loss on that. We don't want those sales. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I really admire people saying, you know what? Yeah, time's up. We're not going to profit off of this bigotry anymore. And I know there's people out there saying, wait, but isn't the Native American man logo designed by a Native American himself? And I would say, you know what? Yeah. It, it was, and there's definitely a minority of Native Americans that say to keep the logo and they want the heritage respected. But here's the thing. You want the heritage respected in, a, in an appropriate way that is respectful to the culture, uh, that it is supposedly um, giving value to. So it, it's like this thing where it's like, do you not use a toothpaste because one out of the five dentists disagree that it doesn't work? No, it doesn't. You go with the majority and you go with the four out of the five dentists. So if the majority of the Native American community holds the name to be offensive and says that it must change, then go with them. There's going to be a minority. There's going to be studies that are put out by people who want to hold on to our racist past as a country. And right now, I think I really admire that the majority of people say, you know what, enough's enough. We're going to make the changes as, as they are needed to be made. Just because something's a tradition doesn't mean it's good. No. Just because something's historic doesn't mean it's good. Nope. So, just 
reading through the statement, and this is not an original from me. This is actually from uh, ESPN's Bill Monty Jones. Um, reading through it, just I'll read a, just a brief of the press release, and they announced the name change. The review has begun in earnest as part of this process. We want to keep our sponsors, fans, and community apprised of our thinking as we go forward. Today we are announcing we will be retiring the Redskins name and logo upon completion of this review. So, one, they used both the name and logo in the press release. One for the road. Uh, two, they might as well have ended it by saying, you happy now? Yeah. That's what Bomani Jones said. And I was like, that was perfect. Like, because it's just, they got, they got like pressured into making the change. And you can tell by their press release they really don't want to. I mean, uh, just, they need, if there's any NFL team that could, like, just burn it down and start over, it'd be Washington. Yeah, and it's really sad because it wasn't always that way. I mean, it would be like if some new owner bought the Patriots from Robert Kraft and then proceeded to run it into the ground for decades that is basically what has happened in washington well you look at washington the 80s and 90s obviously we were you know either not alive or too young to really follow it at that point but one of the most loyal fan bases and over the last five years they can't even sell the stadium out and at an nfl stadium too they got banners over a good portion of the seats at their games yeah and i think it's also important to note that this all started because FedEx said, change the name or we're not going to... FedEx, their number one sponsor, who's also uh, FedEx's CEO, is a co-owner of the team. FedEx said, you have to change the name or we're not going to sponsor you anymore. So it's like, change the name or lose your biggest sponsor. I think it's important to note that they're not really doing the right thing for the right reasons. Yeah, they're not. They're this doing is all they financially were... based. They were strong-armed into doing it. So... At least somebody did it. At least they're finally doing it, even if it's for the wrong reasons. That's better than never at all. And I really hope things turn around for that football team, because that fan base, they they are one of the saddest in professional sports, because they've had it so good and they've had it so bad. So here's hoping the good times come back in Washington, D.C. Go Washington, insert name here, football team. All right, you want to transition to the next NFL owner on our list today? Yeah. All right. So, Woody Johnson, one of the heir to the famous Johnson & Johnson family. Not only was he the owner of the team, he is also, as of 2017, an ambassador to the United Kingdom for the United States. And let it be said that uh, our president, Donald Trump, has always wanted to own a National Football League team. And if he had been successful in purchasing the Buffalo Bills back in 2014, who knows where we would be at as a country right now. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that, that's just all context to say he and Woody Johnson are friends. Yes, they are. And Woody Johnson, uh, amongst his sketchy political practices, um, he was using his office to pretty much direct business to the Trump-owned companies. Yes. Um, basically, his job as UK ambassador was to earn Trump money in his Scotland the United Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically what he was doing over there. Is he was just lobbying for Trump's European businesses. 
um, and also managed to find time to make a bunch of sexist and racist remarks on record. Because, you know, why not? Yeah. Well, here, here's how he did that, is that uh, he would hold off-site illegal meetings in a men's-only club in, in London. So all of the female diplomats were not allowed. So if you're having up to 30 to 40% of your staff unable to attend the meetings because of the location, that that's, becomes very problematic because you're creating an exclusive environment, you're creating a boys' club, and also, you're losing out on all the value that those members of your team could be contributing. So, him doing that has led to that culture of misogyny and the, the better than news uh, from, from the guy's side. And that, that's where the, the, rate, the uh, sexist stuff is coming into play. Now, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him because he is inherited owner, inherited through his family. It'll be interesting to see if a sale is forced there. I mean, you're already seeing it with the players, and you've seen this before, like uh, a couple years ago when the Houston Texans owner made some disparaging remarks against the African-American community, uh, that the players, I mean, this, this goes beyond politics. This isn't a party issue. This is you are friends with someone who has made disparaging remarks about my community, and thus me, so I don't feel valued. And when your leaders are acting that way and they're enabling and endorsing uh, behavior that makes you feel threatened or makes you feel less than, that makes you want to exit the organization. And you're seeing that with their all-pro safety, Jamal Adams, for the Jets, and it's creating a really, really hard time for uh, their <laughs> head coach, who is not very good to, to try to put out those fires. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's got to be tough to try and be... I mean, Jamal Adams really is probably the face of that team at this point. Yeah. He's really their only pro bowler. He's their only all-pro player. I mean, he even requested a trade at one point this offseason. So. Yeah, I mean, Adam Gase is kind of a head case. So... Uh, He's a tough coach to work with. I mean, you saw what happened when he left the Dolphins, that Devontae Parker had his breakout season. And then you see Ryan Tannehill, once he was able to leave Adam Gase, he goes and makes the Pro Bowl, makes the AFC Championship game in Tennessee. So I, I there's a lot wrong with the Jets organization. That we could... And it apparently starts at the top. It definitely does. Top down, uh, on the scale of, you know, dumpster fire. One of our favorite phrases here on the practice squad. Uh, they're not as bad as Washington. The Washington barcodes. Um, uh, yeah. These owners, man. I know. Uh, but we're, we're going to start seeing a change once uh, new ownership starts to come into the league. But we, right also now, had to, I, we also didn't even yeah. mention that Jerry Richardson, this, this happened two years ago. Oh, yeah. There's already been, they already, I mean, Jerry Richardson got forced out of owning the Panthers for the same thing. So an even worse version of the same thing. Yeah, he was paying people off. Like it was found that there was like several Yeah. Undisclosed settlements under the table. So Yep. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. When you do bad, bad things happen after. Actions have consequences as it turns out. Well, they do. 
And uh, we started heavy on this episode. We'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with something lighter. I know exactly what you need in your life. More practice squad. So give us a follow on Instagram, at practice underscore squad underscore podcast. Our posts are phenomenal. Our stories, probably even better. And our hairlines, undefeated. Again, that's practice underscore squad underscore podcast. Check it out and give us a follow. Squad out. All right. Well, the Orlando bubble, how long until it bursts? That's kind of the real question here. Um, And the answer is as soon as James Harden gets there, because, you know, when he gets there, he's like, all right, uh, I have to go now to the nearest high-end version of Hooters that is available. Uh, I think the I think the high-end version of Hooters is Hooters. Um, you know, you gotta love the idea of, like, the NBA setting up, like, a snitch line for people that are breaking, like, quarantine and stuff like that. Like, it's, uh, the bubble. It's, it's amazing. Tonight, we got to watch our first game inside the bubble, and it was bizarre. I'm going to go with unsettling oh. almost. It was like it was like I was watching sports in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, this is dystopia. I mean, we already live in a dystopia, so why 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 should sports be any different, right? I mean, they're panning the camera over Orlando, you know, Disney World essentially because that's pretty much where Orlando is. Ghost town. Nobody there. They go to a basketball court that has been assembled on the ballroom of some hotel. Yeah. And, and there's no crowd noise. It's just sneakers squeaking and like. It was legit, like sitting. Well, was, I was on my couch, but it was as if I was in the, the local rec center watching a pickup game. Pretty much, it was. And unfortunately, the talent on the floor from Utah, kind of looked like it might have been rec league tonight. Well, you want, you want my takeaways? Yes. I'll hit you with my takeaways. Obviously, I want your takeaways. That's why we're here. Yeah. So the Donovan Rudy beef is real. Yeah, you could tell there is the there is some tension on the floor between them. I yes. use the analogy; it's not quite to this level, but Chris Paul, Blake Griffin level. It's like, on it's, track. It's there. It's near there. So there, there were multiple. So I'll just give one in particular. Donovan, uh, Rudy's cutting to the basket, and the help defense is starting to come onto Rudy, and Donovan tries to throw a lob to Mike Conley, who's in the top. Left corner, open three, and Rudy swats the ball thinking he's about to get it, and it goes out of bounds. There Rudy were, swatting a pass away from his own teammate. Yeah, there, there were multiple times when Donovan had a chance to hit Rudy on different cuts, and it, it seemed like he deliberately chose not to do so. Yeah, plays that we've seen Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert make together their entire time in Utah, and yeah. suddenly they're, they Donovan ain't even looking for that lane anymore. Yes. So we need to do something about that, and honestly, I know I've, I've said Donovan Mitchell's the third best player on this team. You're wrong on that. I will continue to say that you're wrong on that so because I'm, you're wrong on that. I'm going to say that I'm wrong on that now because here's the thing with Donovan Mitchell. He started playing basketball, really, when he was 17. He was on track to become a baseball player, got hurt, started playing basketball more, discovered he's really good at it. He never played point guard before. He's never. He's only the best player in Louisville for one year. 
even then, and, he wasn't really the best player on that Louisville team. Yeah, and, and his natural talent only really shone through when he made it to the NBA. So he's 23 years old. He's really young. His ceiling is incredibly high. And and, and we need to ship Rudy Gobert out. Well, why does it make more sense to ship Rudy Gobert out, you may be asking yourself, dear listener. The reason for that, dollars. Rudy Gobert, being a two-time Defensive Player of the Year and an all-star, he is online for what is called a Supermax contract, uh, what I have called an Ultra Hypermax contract, because the last number I saw for him was $247.3 million. Yeah, and he's playing out the last couple of years, so next year will be his last year, and it's also when Donovan's rookie deal is up, and he will enter restricted free agency. Uh, Rudy will be eligible to enter unrestricted free agency, but the Jazz will have the chance to sign him to that super-duper hypermax extension, which would be ill-advised in my opinion because the man himself has never scored more than 15 points a game in his entire career. He is a defensive menace. He's the best defensive player in the NBA. But that defensive ability has its limitations because I'm, I'm watching The Last Dance right now. Scotty and Jordan were the best two defensive players in the NBA, but they are also capable of putting up 50 on any given night. If you're not able to bring it on the one other end of the court, then you're not playing a balanced game. And I, I've kept waiting for Rudy's offensive game to develop. It never has. He still is unable to back down people, even like DeAndre Ayton, who's a baby, and who he should be strong enough to back down and punish in the paint. He's not able to. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton was playing him to a tie a lot of possessions tonight. And I just I think Rudy's hit his ceiling. He's 27. He's in his prime. I don't think he's going to get any better than he is now. So if we have any chance of trading him for anything, I say we do, or we will face a situation in which... Uh, like Gordon Hayward when we didn't get anything back for him. Start trading him now is basically what I was going to say. Is that was, that was my next question for you is, should we move forward with trading him in this offseason? And my answer yes. to that is yes. Yes. Here, here's another reason why. It's Donovan's team. Rudy wants it to be his or theirs together. but and He doesn't want that any longer. I don't think the, the team wants that any longer either. It seems like the majority of the team is on Donovan's side. And I would think rightly so. He's the ascending player. He's the he's gonna be the better player, and he is still learning how to play the game. He's gonna reach his defensive potential, and he played lights out tonight. He played one of the most efficient, well-rounded games that I've seen him play. And I really hope to God that we keep him, because if we don't have him, and we trade Rudy away, then we're up Crap Creek without a battle. Yeah, well, if that if that's obviously worst case scenario is losing both, um, as I just said, we should move forward with trading Rudy this off season. Um, we can't afford. I said this back way long before there was any beef, where there was any COVID nineteen before any of this was happening. I didn't think we were gonna financially be able to keep both of them. That was gonna be too big of a cap hit. The team would be scraps around them. Um, and I was kind of always for the idea of keeping Donovan. And the thing is, we've all heard the old saying of defense wins championships. Well, it doesn't in the NBA. Not anymore. Well, it, it can, but if you're too polarized, then it doesn't. I don't think you can build a, de a championship winning team off of a purely defensive-minded player like Rudy Gobert. 
has shown himself to be. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, he's a defensive menace and everything, but, I mean, you look at the Lakers. They're, they're a tall, big team, and they are a tough beat-you-with-a-bag-of-bricks-or-a-sock-full-of-batteries kind of team. And I don't think Rudy is that kind of player. And I want some more toughness. Rudy's not a physical defensive player. He's a – how do I put He's a this? really He's smart – He's a finesse defensive player. He's very intelligent when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Like I said, when you're too polarized and you're not able to bring it on the other side of the court, then I, I think it's best to move on in a way that will fit more around our rising young players. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at the rest of the roster because, uh, now obviously, uh, Boyan, our boy Boyan, he's gone. Uh, wrist surgery after the rest of the year. I'll be back next year shooting better minute threes playing for the Utah Jazz. It'll be great. What's that team name again? The Utah Jazz. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Salt Lake City is great. Hey, hey Boyan, so what's one of your most favorite things about Salt Lake City? The popcorn balls. Popcorn balls? Mm hmm. Nice. Where do you get them? They go to this place called Strollis Glitter. Yeah? They get the little food cart there. They make popcorn balls. They dip them in caramel. Spin them around. It's good. And does the food cart remind you of Europe? No. No? They don't have food carts in Europe? Mm, only sadness and gray. Oh, only sadness and gray, even during the summertime, huh? Gray, yeah. Lots of gray? You know how when you watch an American movie take place in Eastern Europe, they put gray filter over everything? Yeah. It's like that in real life. It's for real. Wow. Yeah. So they don't even have to put a gray filter, that's just how it is. No, they don't film in Europe, they use gray filter. Oh, uh, okay. Nobody wants greyest in Europe. Right. Not Why is that? Because it's gray? Yeah. And there's no food carts? No food carts. That's even sadder. So there's no food trucks? We get buckets though. Uh, okay. Not all bad. I get buckets. Yeah, there's buckets in Eastern Europe. I don't know how much of that tangent's actually going to make it into the episode or not. Um, but, uh... Uh, Boyan is out with wrist surgery, in case you couldn't understand me there. Uh, um, or, sorry, in case you couldn't understand Boyan there. Uh, so, our second best player, our third best player, whatever number you want to call him, not going to be on the court. Uh, Mike Conley. So much potential with bringing him on board this offseason, or this past offseason. And I gave it a month. Then I gave it two months, and then I gave it three months, and now I'm tired of giving it more time. Mike's got to go. What say you? Well, his contract's up next year. You just let him play out the rest of his contract. Here's the thing with Mike Conley. So Donovan's still ascending. He's got four years before he starts reaching his ceiling as a player. So Mike Conley is a really good person to have around Donovan as he's developing. I know we all wanted to win now, but – uh, doesn't look like the roster is really built for that right now with Boyan out. So Mike Conley's a good veteran to have around Donovan Mitchell. He's a great character guy, and and I saw him score eight points in four minutes tonight before they pulled all the starters off the floor. So uh, I think so far, yes, he's been a disappointment, and I'm still going to be disappointed in him until he shows me otherwise. But as it comes to Donovan's development. I think Mike Conley is a really important player to keep around at least for another year. You let his contract play out, and then he'll leave, most likely, and Donovan can be our point guard. Well, you make a good point there. I, I always tend to forget that his contract does run out next year, so yeah, might as well just let him play through it. Um, 
right now, uh, yeah, maybe having somebody there to mentor Donnie is a good idea. Um, here's here's where I'm at right now with the Jazz. This was our best chance for a little while to get a ship, I think. Because this year, we could maybe contend with the Lakers and Clippers. You had the Rockets, who were with a bunch of turmoil and a, a lot of new roster. You had the Warriors, who were down with injuries. All of that changes next year. The Rockets, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, it's working. We thought it might not. It is. It's working just fine. The Clippers, same roster next year. The Lakers, same roster next year. The Warriors are back. Steph Curry's back. Klay Thompson's back. They're going to be just as good as they... Well, I shouldn't say just as good as they ever were. They're going to be really good again, though. The Rockets, going to be solid. I think I already said them. Remember, concussion. Real deal. Yeah, um, Joe's concussed everybody. The Mavericks. That, that's who I'm really worried about. because We're seeing the baby-faced Mavericks, the baby-faced killers out there in Dallas. Yes. Every single one of them on their roster is like 14 years old. Yes. They're going to keep getting better. The Nuggets... Yeah, so those you named the two teams that I'm really worried about. So you got to look where we're going to be at four years from now so, because that's when Donovan's going to be hitting his prime. That's when really our championship window is hopefully going to open. The, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies, and the Bucks are the teams that I would be most concerned about right now because Kawhi is approaching the wrong side of 30, and he's had a long his, injury history. So it's Paul George, Russell, Harden, um, Steph, Clay, LeBron—they're all going to be on the wrong. LeBron's approaching forty. LeBron will be forty in four years. LeBron yeah. is thirty-six right now. Yeah. So, their th their time is now. But the players that are ascending right now that worry me are Jokic, Doncic, Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray, Giannis, who is a one-man wrecking crew. Obviously, John Morant, and Zion Williamson. John Morant, and Zion Williamson, and. Their team are really good now, so hopefully uh, we find someone to run with Donnie and things work out and the Jazz magically have their first ever championship. But for now, uh, yeah, I don't think the window's open. And maybe thinking it was ever open in the first place was a big pipe dream. Well, I think there was a lot of us that got really excited with the idea of like, holy crap, Toronto won a championship. Anything is possible. Kevin Garnett. Yes. Uh, no. Most things are not possible. In fact, well, when it comes to basketball. Basketball. <laughs> basketball is driven by stars. And if we don't have a second or third star in our city, then it's going to be tough. Because look at Toronto last year. They had three star players on their team. Mm -hmm. They had three all-stars had three potential all-nba players they had a guy who maybe should have been sixth man of the year no Fred disrespect no disrespect to lou will and marcus Gasol, serge Ibaka, who were both one was the defensive player of the year Ibaka was an all-nba defensive first team multiple years in a row uh and nick nurse is an amazing coach and they had a bunch of switchable defenders that roster is stacked from top to bottom in toronto in my opinion, I'd call Nick Nurse Coach of the Year this year again. He probably will be. So, and I think Quinn Snyder is capable of coaching to that level. Uh, I really like Quinn Snyder as a coach, but I think the roster talent in Utah and how we've drafted recently hasn't been the best. 
So, anyways, uh, here's hoping that four years from now we have a roster capable of contending. Well, hold on a second. I actually want to take you back a second here. Right now, now I've been high on Quinn Snyder as a coach pretty much the entire time being here. Right now is really the first time I've been disappointed in him because of what we were talking about earlier. He really hasn't done a very good job of managing this issue between Rudy and Donnie because we've seen a lot of players have beef with their teammates before and still get it done on the court. The Warriors won two out of three championships with Kevin Durant, and they hated him. Well, Draymond ended up hating him. They, Draymond they, Green and Kevin Durant Their first championship went, was great. Yeah. Their first championship, everything was great. Okay, yeah, the second one, though, and then going back for a third. Draymond Green and Kevin Durant were at each other's throats in the locker room. Yes. And they could still play with each other on the floor. Yes. So, I am a bit disappointed in Quinn that he has not been able to manage the situation better than that. They're expecting the mob boss to be able to handle a deeply complicated interpersonal relationship. Well, I'm expecting a head coach to do some head coach shit and actually manage his players. Yeah. Yeah, we need... We might need a coaching change at some point. Because, I mean, you, you see it with all the time. Like, you saw it with MGA. Okay, so, yeah. Like, we might need a coaching change in the future. Uh, you saw it with Mark Jackson. Uh, you saw it with LeBron. He really unlocked the rest of his game when he had Eric Spolster as his head coach. And... You might see with Donnie, we might have a coaching change. Quinn's a great coach, but in the end, he might have been uh, someone that laid the foundation for, for someone to finish the building later. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the bubble really starts next week, so we will be back uh, with our full bubble preview. Uh, we're going to be going full in-depth, uh, seeding expectations, how we expect the playoffs to go, player awards. It'll be a lot of fun. See you next week. Peace.